This is Wolf's Campfire, and you're about to listen to... 12 years ago, my father killed my family. Now, I know why. By TJ Leah. You can also check me out on YouTube at youtube.com slash Wolf's Campfire. With that said, whether you're sitting around a campfire, on the night shift, or even laying in bed, let my voice soothe your nightmares. Griffin, what do you think is the secret to happiness? I stopped mid-chew at the dinner table to look up at my dad. This was the fourth time he'd asked this this month, and no matter what answer I gave him, he wasn't ever satisfied. For a few weeks, he'd been obsessed with his new book and repeatedly declared that it was going to change this family for the better, even if we were never allowed to see it ourselves. Everything was, the wolf says this and the wolf says that. He was even more of an insufferable person than usual. I swallowed and shrugged. Family? Security? Video games? Love? I don't know. I carried on, shoveling food into my mouth. Teenage apathy rapidly overtaking the monetary surprise as my mom glared across the table at him. He sighed and shook his head. That kind of ignorance will get you nowhere in life, son. I want this family to go on great. Happiness, and you are the key to that. But clearly, you're not ready. He pushed his plate away. Standing up as his burly frame towered over the table. I'll be in my office. Maybe when you grow up a little, you can answer my question properly. Ash. I muttered under my breath, still audible for my mom to hear as she shot me an angry glance before casting her eyes back to my dad as he sauntered off to his room of solitude. Not in front of Sydney, she hissed, nodding to my baby sister who, in true toddler form, had smeared her food all over herself, laughing maniacally. Dad was an investment broker and was phenomenal at his job, maybe because he was an absolute sociopath who didn't care who he stepped on to get a secure deal. I have vague memories of him taking an interest in me as a boy and spending time on things I was passionate about, but even then at 17, those times were already rapidly fading into the background thanks to teenage angst and legitimate resentment. Even so, this sudden questioning was out of the habit for him, coupled with the introduction of the wolf. It got me curious. I decided to bring it up with mom as I cleared the table while she helped clean up Sydney. Mom, what's up with dad lately? He's even more in my face than usual. He's got a new book of some kind that he says is the key to not only his success, but ours. The wolf sounds like a bunch of BS to me, but it's what makes him happy. I had never seen him so motivated about anything other than money before. She was always honest with me, and I guess that's where I get my attitude from. She's ex-military and proud of it. Look, next time he asks, just tell him what he wants to hear so we can finally shut up about it, okay? It's what you do all the time. I replied, smirking for the first time that evening. She flashed me the same grin with years more experience in pissing people off. Of course, it's what keeps them coming back. We laughed as I put the plates away and I said goodnight, heading up to my room to sink another summer evening in Final Fantasy. I could still hear her giggling as she cooed to Sydney, using her favorite stuffed animal as a dancing toy to get her laughing. I swear, nothing brought joy to mom like hearing her kids happy. 
that would be the last time I heard either of them laugh. When I woke up in the dead of night, the rhythmic thumping of my heart filled my ears to an almost deafening level. At first, I thought I'd simply jumped out of a nightmare too quick, and it was simply adrenaline and fear, but as my breath slowed, and I took a minute to calm down, scanning my room for invisible intruders, I realized the sound wasn't coming from me. It was coming from all around me, an incessant beating, never slowing down or speeding up, rhythmic and insidious. Getting out of bed and going downstairs, I could feel it growing louder as I approached my dad's study. It was late. He was most likely asleep and wouldn't notice if I snuck in. My half-asleep and over-curious ass just did what any teenager does when arbitrary rules are set in place. I ignored them. Turning the handle and going inside, nothing seemed out of place, save for a single book on his work desk. It was black with beautiful streaks of gold on the letterhead. I don't know how to explain it, but the beating sound seemed to come from the book itself. I swear to God I saw it pulsate as I got closer, each tentative step filling me with more confidence. By the time I was just a few feet away, I could barely focus on anything else. It was swirling in front of me, the way optical illusions began to form when you stare too long at patterns on the walls. Everything began to fade away except for the book, the desire to reach out becoming overwhelming. You failed me, son. I spun on my heel as the beating stopped, and the dead of night greeted me with a cold realization. My dad was standing in the archway, a fury on his face that I'd never seen before. His eyebrows and head were completely shaven, the eyes bloodshot and teeth clenched, strewn with black marks across pearly white. His fists were red and balled up, blood flowing from the palms onto our wooden floors with an audible drip. You went beyond your level and looked at something you're not ready for. Now, you can never achieve true happiness like the wolf dictates. Our family will never fully ascend. Everything, everything I've won, has been a waste. I look closer at his hands, the blood still dripping. His nails too short to pierce the skin, flecks of hair and fabric clutched tightly. What did you do, Dad? I breathed. The feeling of being stared down by a creature far stronger than I all the more terrifying in an enclosed space, but still hoping my father wasn't the animal I thought he might be. The wolf says that to achieve ultimate happiness, one must be willing to let it all go. My life was spent chasing the next financial high at the expense of others, but never focusing on my own family. The wolf changed that. He looked at his fist, dumbfounded as they kept dripping, and seemed to try and open them without success. Without warning, he threw his forearm into the archway and smashed his right fist against it repeatedly. With every sickening crunch, the fingers relented and a pair of small ears fell out of one palm with stuffing strewn around them. Sydney's. You... you... you didn't... My world was swirling. This was just another part of the nightmare I hadn't woken up from. He looked at me quizzically, cocked his head to the side and the tar in his teeth began leaking out onto his lips. I made it quick. I started with her ears because your mother was a fighter. I didn't want to spook her. You were out like a light thanks to the special helping of my food. I wanted you to be last. The wolf said the firstborn needed to bear witness. He smashed his fist into the other, my knees buckling beneath me as I collapsed against the desk. 
His other hand loosened and chunks of flesh fell from the gnarled fingers. The remains of my mom's throat. I looked at him pleadingly as he pulled a knife from his back pocket, the least damaged fingers snapping as they curled around the hilt. Why? Why would you do this? I breathed. Sydney's ears and mom's throat. What would he take from me? Because the wolf said it was a good investment to get to happiness, he said, eyes watering and smile crooked, looking at the book like an obedient dog waiting for his master's call. But now, you've ruined it. It started with me and the wolf says it must end with me. Without any warning, he drew the blade across his throat and pulled, splitting the skin with ease and blood spraying the once tidy room with crimson as he persisted. Even after he fell to his knees, drawing the blade to the other side and casting his eyes upward, still trying to keep the book in his view as he gurgled underneath my horrified screams. That was July 2008. The police were called and found me in a sea of my father's blood, rocking back and forth in his study. I remembered little after that, but they said he had a financial failure and took our lives to spare himself the shame and potential poverty. Therapy was extensive, and despite my instances on something called The Wolf, this was dismissed as nothing more than The Wolf of Wall Street book by Jordan Belfort, a man on the edge of constant success or failure buying into whatever guidance he could find until it consumed him. I got older, moved out of state, married and had a kid of my own. Named her Sydney. She looked so much like her auntie when she was born, and well, it just felt right at the time. Life went in a positive direction, and I vowed to be a better father than mine ever was. But, if there's one thing I've learned, it's that so many things in life are cynical. Last week, a delivery came to my home, with no return address or mailman waiting for me to sign. Just a small brown package, with crude string wrapping. I picked it up without thinking and closed the door, tearing the wrapping off to see the same black lettering cover in gold writing on the front. The Wolf's Guide to Happiness. The beating filled my ears and pounded in my skull. The tunnel vision returned, and I could barely focus on anything else. Mechanically, I opened it up and the black and gold titling, The Wolf and Human Skin, flooded my vision, drawing my eyes to the first page. A horrific depiction of a tall figure ripping apart its human skin to give way to a wolf unlike any I'd ever seen before teeth dripping with a black substance, and flesh dangling from the fangs. Sydney even asked me something, and I know I answered, but my lips moved without my brain paying attention. I could see her looking a bit confused, shaking her head and laughing before walking off. By the time I was able to focus, the book was on the porch shelf, and I was staring off into space. What the hell just happened? Is this what... what he experienced? I asked my wife to dispose of it. I didn't want it in the house. When we went off to bed that night, I asked her what she did with it. Oh, I just put it in your study. You always get rid of stuff you don't like, and it looked too good to throw away, honey. Remember that movie you said you would hate, but you ended up loving it? I'm sure one day you'll come back round to it, and you'll thank me for holding on to it. She booped me on the nose, kissed me, grinning. I was dumbfounded. It's still in the house beneath where I sleep. Nora, did Sydney tell you what I asked her this morning? I asked, the pulsing growing stronger in my body at the mere mention of bringing it up. 
She looked at me with those beautiful eyes of hers and laughed. Yeah, she said you asked her something weird. Um, very unlike you. It's getting stronger. I can feel it. It's calling to me. What did I say? Sydney, what do you think is the secret to happiness?